like that your name is Kathy and Pepper. <laughs> it is. That's You're good. so cute, Squishes. Hi. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How's it going? Hello. It's going okay. Fabulous. Yeah. Pepper's in here with me because she's isolating oh. for kitty, kitty reasons. Kitty health reasons. Apologies if she makes noise. I found something she'll actually enjoy, which are those like lickable treats. <laughs> basically like pureed like cat food it's basically cat soup nice and so that she will consume she's currently licking the dish and it's moving around the room and scraping along the floor so sorry if any of that comes through <laughs> well i don't hear any of it but i'm hoping maybe we get some pepper snores later because that would be great that would be great <laughs> i'm hoping that i sound okay because I think I've mentioned before that the back half of my recording closet here we use for storage. And so I was getting all my Christmas decorations out and I managed to like knock down a whole bunch of my soundproofing. And now also because all of the Christmas stuff is no longer in here, there's more empty space uh, than usual. So I hope I'm not too echoey. I'm not hearing anything. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is good. It sounds more echoey to me, but I'm also wearing different headphones yet again. So it might have to do with that. Anyway. Oh, happy 50th episode. Oh, yay for us. That's awesome. Yeah, right? That is awesome and yeah. exciting. Happy 50th. How are we celebrating? Thanks. Yeah. I currently am celebrating with a CBD seltzer that I helped to make. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I have procured from you a super <laughs> duper double citra beer. So I'm going to have that. That one's tasty. I was at Dunkin' Donuts earlier. I went through the drive-thru after I went to the grocery store. And the guy took my order and then he didn't turn his mic off and he's I could hear him trying to like do calculations or whatever, like put in my order. And he goes, Oh shit. <laughs> he just started laughing so hard. He's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> like, it's okay, dude. <laughs> but it really nice. amused me. I'm like, no, it's really okay. <laughs> I'm jealous of your closeness to Dunkin' Donuts. I wish that I was that close to a place where I could procure coffee for minimal effort. It was very close. But I do have my my espresso maker, which is oh, tasty, yes. though. Good. So, probably just as well, because then I'd be buying coffee even more often, and I'm trying to cut back on that, Yeah. as I've said. This was my reward for actually buying food. Nice. I'll do that, too. <laughs> I have not been good about that. And then yeah. I eat terribly. I've been eating terribly, too, because I feel like I'm on vacation, even though I'm not. But most of most of my semester is done. I have no more actual teaching done. I've submitted final grades for one of my classes and my other class has a final on Thursday, which is four days from now at this point. And that is the only thing I have to do for that class this week. And then that one is also over. So I'm just about done. Yay. Yay. Yay! I know I've said I'm just about done before, but like now I'm for real. It's just about done. <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah! But I can't keep 
you know, treating it like it's vacation and just eating and drinking whatever for the next month until classes resume. I suppose. <laughs> Not to mention, I still do have another job. Yes. Helping to make this tasty seltzer and helping to make some beers. Yay. Ooh, I also got a backlit, backlit keyboard finally. <gasps> nice. It's very tiny and it was cheap because I really want to buy a nice keyboard, but I do, can't justify the cost at the yeah. moment. So I have like this like sort of small size Bluetooth one. Nice. That has some fun colors on it. So, or at least purple. It's all purple right now. Yeah. So I can see my keyboard in this hot box. Yeah. (laughs) Kathy's hot, hot box. Yes. That is nice. My box is cold, but I have my electric blanket and it's turned on. So it's not too awful. Yeah. It is cold in winter and it is hot in summer because this apartment is poorly insulated. (laughs) I mean, the apartment itself isn't so bad, but like the closets randomly. And this one particular bedroom that this closet comes off of is always colder or hotter also. Well, I mean, I guess you probably don't need to worry too much about the temperature in your closets, generally speaking. It's really annoying, though, when I go to take my clothes out in the morning of the other closet and all of my clothes are really cold when I put them on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You toss or them in when the dryer. I want to be warm and it's a walk-in closet too which I shouldn't be complaining that it's a walk-in closet because it's great that it's a walk-in closet but then when I'm standing in there trying to decide what to wear and I'm freezing that also yeah. sucks yeah <laughs> that's fair you should uh do what Cher did in Clueless and just have all of your outfits in a computer and you can decide what you want to wear before <laughs> you get them out of the closet wow Wow. (laughs) I'm not sure I agree with that. (laughs) It's a level of privilege I can't quite fathom. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But then then you wouldn't have to stand in your closet being cold. It's true. That is true. (laughs) Maybe I'll just put on an extra sweatshirt, though, and continue to stand in the cold closet. Yeah. Yeah. Digging through my clothes that I have poorly organized. Anyway, this has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with today's episode. No. We should probably talk about today's episode. We should probably do that. Yeah. What is today's episode? Today's episode is Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 6, Point of View. Mm. Yes. I'm going to assume that Stargate is still on Netflix because so many of our listeners yelled at them for planning to take it down. That's my headcanon, because I watched this episode on Netflix. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You are all the best. (laughs) It's a real pain to have to pull out DVDs, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some listeners have, like, written us and told us that they're watching it now for the first time. And so that would really, that really sucks if they just take it away. And then, then our listeners have no reason to keep listening to us, I guess, maybe if they actually just like us they could True. anyway but but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same if they couldn't watch the episodes also although some people don't watch the yeah. show anyway so <laughs> whatever yeah as long as you're here listening that is what yes, we care about thank you we i think i told you. you my coworker was thinking about starting the the series and then listening to the podcast but then she saw it was leaving so she yeah is watching uh maybe gray's anatomy instead Ugh. and i'm like ah oh, <laughs> god I'm not starting a new podcast just for you. 
about Grey's Anatomy. I would never do a Grey's Anatomy podcast. (laughs) I would not find that enjoyable. It's not my cup of tea. No. I watched it for many years. I I I enjoyed a few seasons of it, but... It often made me angry and upset. (laughs) Also, it's often really just dark and depressing, so... Yay! Yeah. Yeah, I try not to watch too many dark and depressing things these days, so... Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. 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 So Stargate, huh? Stargate. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's creepy music, and it's dark, and it's very X-Files sounding music. The camera pans around this dark storage room, and there's all different kinds of artifacts in there, various alien artifacts that we are probably supposed to figure were collected on different planets. Suddenly, one of them turns itself on. And it looks pretty familiar. It looks like that mirror that we saw in the episode where Daniel found the parallel universe. On the other side, we see a long-haired Sam. And we see an undead Major Kowalski. Not like a zombie, but just not (laughs) dead. Brains. They seem to be running from something. Kowalski shoots at somebody off screen. Sam and Kowalski are clearly trying to get to this mirror, but they're worried about the general and whether or not they should go back for him. Kowalski throws a grenade down the corridor and runs towards Sam, who's standing at the mirror. So I guess they've decided to not go back for the general then. (laughs) They're clearly being chased by somebody. They touch the mirror and suddenly rematerialize on the other side, on our side. Kowalski asks if she was sure that this was the correct one. And Sam says, well, anywhere's better than where we were. So got to be good enough. But then all of a sudden, alarms start to go off. And soldiers come from everywhere, telling them to drop their weapons. Sam introduces herself as Dr. Samantha Carter from the SGA and introduces Major Kowalski and says they need to speak to the commander. I think you meant Dr. Samantha, Dr. Carter. (laughs) (laughs) True. Not Captain, but just Dr. Samantha, Dr. Carter. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. You're right. That is exactly what I meant. Yeah. Then credits. Then credits. After credits... They've moved Sam all the way to the SGC and Kowalski, too. From Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> they and act like no time has passed, though, so it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, does Area 51 not have an infirmary? I'm just, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're in the infirmary in the SGC. You would think they must, but yeah. Yeah. Jack comes in, is like, what's the big emergency? And then he spots a long-haired Dr. Samantha, Dr. Carter, (laughs) who is lying in the bed. He's like, whoa, what happened to you? She's like, Jack. And Jack's like, Jack? And she says, it's me, Sam. He's like, aha. (laughs) She's like, I never expected this variation. You're alive. Then, uh... Then Kowalski walks in and tells Jack not to feel bad because everyone here is telling him the same thing. And Jack's like, uh, <laughs> Kowalski. <laughs> Hammond is there as well. There are people there I have not mentioned. It's not just Sam and Jack. Yes, there are many other people there. <laughs> Hammond's there. Fraser's there. Hammond's like, in a manner of speaking, it's Kowalski. And Dr. Fraser's like, well, actually, it definitely is him. DNA, blah blah And Kowalski tells Jack that he is not alive in his, in their reality. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Yeah. This is all very confusing. Yep. Yep. And Sam also says, it's not the same with us here. And that is also confusing to Jack. Yes. Hammond explains they appeared in a high security lockup. And Kowalski adds that they used the quantum mirror basically to get through. Or he says, you've never figured out how to use it. And Jack's like, that thing Daniel futzed with. (laughs) And Kowalski says, who's Daniel? Oh, dear. Hmm. Dr. Samantha, Dr. Carter assures them that they have the remote, so nobody is going to follow them through. So you don't have to worry about ghouls on your tail. And Hammond's having the mirror moved to the SGC for reasons. Yeah. There isn't, there isn't really any good reason to have the mirror moved there. They <laughs> no, just do. No good reason <laughs> for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Later on in the briefing room, SG-1 and Hammond are watching the video of other Sam talking to an interviewer, essentially being debriefed. And she's talking about how she just needs to talk to somebody in the SGA, but the interviewer says that they don't know what the SGA is. And she's like, well, you must call it something else. Stargate Project, Stargate Command, Stargate something. And the interviewer sounds surprised. The interviewer's off camera. We don't see who it actually is. Sounds surprised and is like, what do you know about the Stargate? And Sam is getting angry at this point and says, I know everything. (laughs) We've been through this. So the interview says they're going to go through it again. So, blah, 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 they continue. Sam describes what the Stargate program is. Hammond turns off the television. And we are no longer watching the interview. Did you like how that flipping that remote turned the lights on and off, too, at the same time it started the projector or the the, the (laughs) monitor? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that is a powerful remote. Well done. Right? Wow. Yeah. So Major Dr. Samantha, Dr. Carter, is looking confused and surprised and (laughs) saying that it's really just too weird. O'Neill says, yeah, what about that hair? But I actually like her short hair way better than the long hair. Same. Anyway, and especially in this season, I think her hair looks extra nice. So they're just talking about the fact that Kowalski and Dr. Samantha, Dr. Carter, are claiming that they came from that alternate reality, but they do figure that as... Kathy and I were talking about last time, it can't be the same one that Daniel was on since everybody died there. So it must be from some other alternate reality. And there's got to be tons of alternate realities. Tilk asks, well, which one is actually the real one? <laughs> Why would only one reality be real, though? I was a little confused by his we're, question. We're, they're all real. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They're alternate realities, meaning that they are all real. Yeah. So Hammond's like, well, she explains it. So he turns the TV back on and Sam, other Sam, alternate Sam, does go to explain that there's, according to quantum theory, the possibility for infinite universes and divergences happening every time that a choice is made, like forks on the road and blah, blah, blah. Hammond turns the TV off again and Major Carter says she's right. (laughs) And Jack teases her for agreeing with herself. (laughs) Daniel clarifies, though, that no, Major Carter just agreed with Dr. Carter. They are not the same person. And the other Dr. Carter never joined the military. Jack's like, all right, so it's possible there's an alternate version of myself out there that actually understands what you're talking about. 
It's not really that confusing, though. There are alternate realities. I didn't know why Jack was continuing to be so confused. He just likes to play the part. (laughs) Confused man. Yeah. Fair. Hammond says that Dr. Carter and Kowalski want to be debriefed, so they're brought in. Kowalski gets very angry to see Tilk sitting there. And I was wondering, like, what right does he have to be angry at who they have in their base (laughs) on their team when this is not Kowalski's reality? So he has no say here. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I get that Tilk is still a bad guy on the planet that he came from. But yeah, like, you know, obviously that's not the case here. Daniel introduces himself because they don't know who he is. And they tell tell Dr. Carter and Kowalski that, no, this Tilk is cool and he's part of their team. And Sam, Dr. Sam, not Major Sam, compliments (laughs) Major Sam's hair. (laughs) And our Sam is like, yeah, Air Force. Dr. Carter says, I can't imagine I'd go in the military. And she's sounding really judgy, but then... Major Carter says, wow, I can't imagine not going in the military sounding (laughs) equally judgy. It's a weird scene. Yeah. The other two, the two from the alternate planet sit down and they continue their conversation. Hammond tells them a little bit about Daniel's experience on the alternate planet that he went to. And that they are at least somewhat familiar with the quantum mirror because of that. Apparently they found their quantum mirror on the same alternate planet version of the planet that our SG-1 found their version on. They continue to talk about some other differences like Daniel's participation and Tilk's change of heart and Sam joining the military. And so Dr. Samantha from the other planet gets all indignant. You think that you being in the Air Force would have made that big of a difference in our people dying? And Major Carter is like, well, no, I just think maybe it contributed. So they're bickering, as Kathy and I love when people bicker <laughs> in in situations like this. So yep. Jack tells the Sams to stop bickering, essentially, and says that we're all in this reality together. They just need to figure out what to do from here with these two new people. Dr. Carter says that the beta site was instructed to bury the Stargate, so there's no way that they can get there. So they want to stay here. And Kowalski seconds that. And that is if they are wanted. There is a long silence. Everyone looks around the table like, um, what do we do now? Then they debate briefly whether or not this should be a possibility. But Jack's a little bit skeptical because he says for all they know, this Dr. Samantha could be Major Samantha's evil twin. Maybe they shouldn't be too quick to trust these people, even though they look like people that they would trust. And Hammond's like, well, I'm going to speak with my superiors and let them decide. For now, you're going to be assigned to temporary accommodation. So they take them to some quarters. A3. A3, (laughs) yes. Major Carter follows Dr. Carter out into the hallway for a chat. She tells Dr. Carter (laughs) that she did not mean to offend her. Yeah, this is getting confusing to me. (laughs) And the doctor replies, it's me. I'm dealing with this inadequacy issue here. Don't worry about it. And she reveals that they knew the gold were coming for six months, but she couldn't find a way to stop them. But Sam did. (gasps) I know. And then she walks away. 
They get to the A3 place. <laughs> and a soldier says that she'll be outside if Dr. Samantha needs anything. So she goes into the bedroom, uh, into the room and sits down on the bed. I noticed there was a really cool painting of a planet on the wall over the bed. I that also was... noticed that. Yeah. 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 It was a nice painting. Huh. Then she takes out a wedding photo of her and Jack. It's an adorable photo. Yes. <laughs> but clearly different from what is happening in our current reality, <laughs> since they are not married here. And that was that scene. Yeah. Yeah. She just sits and stares at her picture. She does. Meanwhile, in Hammond's office, Hammond is on the phone. Jack's waiting for him to be done with that. Hammond's like, I understand things, hangs up the phone and reports to Jack that they can stay. Jack's like, that was quick. And Hammond's like, too quick. God knows what we're getting into. Like, okay. <laughs> Jack tells him that, well... The combined IQ of Earth may go up a few points having two Carters around. <laughs> but this does not seem to make him feel any better. And he says it doesn't sit right and some lines are not meant to be crossed. He's going to try to find a way to incorporate them into his command. That seems weird. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why would they keep them right there? <laughs> Maybe keep an eye on them? I don't know. Yeah. Jack's going to go give them the good news, though. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. So at Dr. Sam's quarters, there's a knock on the door, and Jack comes in and gives her the good news. She is going to be allowed to stay. And she's relieved, but not particularly excited. And she starts crying. So she starts to explain the situation to him in a bit more detail that she watched Jack die three days ago and he was trying to defend the mountain, their version of Cheyenne Mountain. And now he's alive and safe in this perfect world, but he doesn't even know her anymore. He's like, well, I kind of know you. But then when he sits down next to her, he notices the wedding photo and he's like, ah, okay. <laughs> So he's starting to see a little bit more why she's reacting the way that she is towards him. Another soldier comes in, and this one does have food, so leaves it on the table and then leaves, and that's not really important at all, but here we are. Dr. Sam says that she hasn't had a hot meal in forever, goes over, looks at it, and then covers it back over and doesn't bother <laughs> to eat it. So Maybe it wasn't hot. She was just assuming it Maybe, would be hot. Yeah. yeah. She's like, ugh. Peanut butter and jelly? Fuck that. <laughs> Could be, yeah. <laughs> I like peanut butter and jelly, though. Me too, but it is definitely not like a hot meal. No, this is true. Very true. So she continues to tell him that they'd been celebrating their first anniversary when they got the call that the Guelwald ships had been spotted, and so they just left everything as it was. They blew out their candles and turned off the oven, but everything else is probably still set just as it had been when they left. Yum. Jack, yes, Jack clearly feels super awkward about this whole situation. <laughs> yeah. And says, maybe I'm not really the right person to be helping you with this. And I thought that that was a very good call. But for whatever reason, Dr. Samantha is like, no, you're the only one who can help me. And that seems very unhealthy to me that she's going to try to deal with the loss of her husband, Jack, by essentially pouring her heart out to this different version of Jack that she doesn't actually know. So they hug yep. and Sam says that she misses him. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heavy scene. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Once Dr. Carter is done crying on his shoulder, Jack comes out into the hallway and runs right into Major Carter. And she tells Jack that Hammond told her the good news and that she took the liberty of informing Major Kowalski, which was super rude because Jack was totally going to do that. (laughs) Rude. Anyway. (laughs) She is now on her way to go see uh, Samantha. (laughs) And Jack's like, no, she's fine. She just wants to be alone. Go come back later. And she's like, okay. And she goes to leave. Jack stops her and asks how she's doing with this twin thing. (laughs) Sam says, do you have a couple hours? He thinks about it for a second. He's like, (laughs) okay, good guy. But Sam was just joking that that was the answer to the question. He decides not to have a second Carter on his shoulder to cry. (laughs) And they bid each other good night. They do. Yeah. Back inside Dr. Carter's quarters, she is sitting there brushing her hair thoughtfully, as one does. (laughs) And she pauses mid hairbrush and her face starts distorting as though there's like a second shadow version of her face trying to pull itself free from the first version of her face. It's weird. Yeah. And that was that scene. Yeah. That was a good description because I was like, I don't know. Her face gets all creepy, is what I wrote. <laughs> it does get quite creepy. Yeah. She, uh, her like original self looks confused. The kind of shadowy face <laughs> of herself looks in lots of pain. Yeah, and, yeah, creepy. Yeah. In the infirmary, a little bit later, Doctor Carter is in a bed, and Doctor Fraser is there. Kowalski and SG One come in. Major Carter asks what's happening, and. Frazier says that Dr. Carter has gone into some sort of convulsive shock. (laughs) First of all, convulsive shock is not an official type of shock. But to to look at that weird, creepy, like Sam trying to rip herself out of her own body appearance and being like, oh, this is just a kind of convulsive shock (laughs) and not not think more of it than that, I thought was strange. (laughs) Perhaps like me, she didn't have the words to describe what she was seeing yeah maybe maybe so (laughs) she says that she doesn't really know what could possibly be causing this or how to stop it so she has no idea how to treat dr carter dr carter has another one of these episodes again which we again see that it's not just a convulsion and dr carter specifies that this isn't a medical issue this is a temporal issue an entropic cascade failure i tried to look that up But the only references I found were for this episode. Yeah, it's not a thing. (laughs) I actually also looked it up just to see what would happen. I didn't think that it was a real thing, but I'm like, I wonder what happens if you search for that. And yeah, same thing. (laughs) Major Carter specifies on the cellular level, and Dr. Carter says, yes, but I thought it would take years and not days. They determine that it's not necessarily just a side effect of traveling through the mirror, but a side effect of traveling through the mirror to a reality that's already got a version of you currently living in it. So I was thinking that maybe it wasn't the best idea here that Major Carter is holding Dr. Carter's hand. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps they should try to distance themselves at least a little bit more. 
And they're talking about the increased entropy generated by them both being there means that they can't both exist in the same reality. This had all been theoretical until now. So Dr. Fraser says, well, how do I treat this? And Dr. Carter says, well, you can't. And Major Carter specifies that the more time that passes, the worse it's going to get. And Dr. Carter says that she's going to die if nothing is done. Jack doesn't like that as an alternative. But Major Carter's like, well, nope, she's right. Jack tries to cut her off, though, because he still does not like that as an answer. And so Major Carter says, well, we'll just have to send them back to prevent that from happening. But then Kowalski doesn't like that plan, because if they re are returned to their own planet, then the Ghoulwolds are going to kill both of them. Fun! Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. In the conference room, they're uh, talking about the situation. Daniel is in the middle of saying that in the grand scheme of things, for some reason, they owe these pals from the Parallels. <laughs> And they need to save Dr. Samantha by saving their whole planet. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know why they owe them. I mean, other than like a fellow humanity kind of way. Yeah. I don't know. Hammond's like, so how do we do that? And their own resources could not defend against the gold. And Daniel's like, well, how about we use our resources? Sam's like, what do we have that... They don't. And Daniel's like, our fate. And he elaborates, though, that he's specifically talking about how they made contact with the Asgard. So maybe there's an Asgard in this parallel world, and maybe if they contact those Asgard, they'll be able to help these humans of Earth. This seems like a long shot to me. Yeah. Yeah. What so if the alternate Asgard were evil? I, you never know. They might have had goatees. We don't know. We don't. <laughs> it's very true. We don't see them. <laughs> we do see other people later with goatees. In a, yes. Like, mirror universe Trek now. Exactly. <laughs> so Daniel, is, you know, says, well, we still got the dialing program to get to the Asgard homeworld. And Sam's like, we could put it on a removable hard drive. <laughs> but the problem is that. They had that one-time-use-only generator that Super Brain Jack put together, and they haven't been able to get it to work since. But Teal'c says, assuming that they can make all this work, how do we get Dr. Carter to the Stargate through all the gold who are there? And Kowalski's like, that's where I come in. Can I join this briefing? <laughs> Woo! So he gets to sit down. Kowalski's like, I will get her to the Stargate and I'm not going to let her go alone. She's my best friend's wife. <laughs> Jack kind of winces when he says that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Since nobody else knew that information. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he exchanges a look with their version of Carter also. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> she seems a bit surprised to be learning this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jack says that you'll need someone to hook up the generator, and Sam chimes in that they will also... Our Sam. <laughs> so <Yeah>. many Sams! <laughs> Too many Sams. Someone will need to download the dialing program. Teal'c's like, you need me. And Kowalski's like, now nah, we're good. But Daniel thinks Teal'c could be used to their advantage somehow because there's the other Teal'c. 
Jack says, quite the military mind, Daniel Jackson, in a teal <laughs> affectation, which was silly. So that's why I put that in there. Yes. Uh, yes. Major Sam reminds them that Tilk and Sam cannot go because of the same damn thing they're trying to save the other Carter from. And Tilk's like, well, the first 40 hours she was fine. And if we aren't able to do it in that time, it's probably because we're dead. It's a good point. And Hammond's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I have no objections. What the actual fuck? How does something like this mission get approved? <laughs> is my question. That is a valid question. <laughs> I mean, they didn't want to, like, commit troops to saving SG-1, but maybe Hammond just doesn't ask anybody else about this. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's Hammond weird. also then orders the quantum mirror destroyed when they get back, which I feel like is an extreme thing for them to do. Yeah. Maybe just put it under someplace that's more security. Like, Motion keep sensors? it there on the base. I don't know. Under guard. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam's going to start working on the generator and they're going to get the dialing program downloaded and off to the nerd lab. Sam's nerd lab. Yes. Did you notice at the end of the scene that Jack's like, okay, Carter, download the program to the removable whatever it is. <laughs> hard drive? Does he not know what a hard drive is? <laughs> yeah. He's just playing his, his little game. His little dumb Jack game. He can't be as dumb as he pretends to be. No. We've seen that he's not that dumb. Yeah. In Sam's nerd lab, Dr. Carter is talking about how incredible it is that the Asgard could design anything that would give the gate the extra juice like they are currently working on. And she says that they sound just like the little green men that they've been looking for on her planet. Jack specifies, that, well, they're gray, actually. Roswell gray, to be exact. They're taking apart another staff weapon, and Major Carter is talking about how she had trouble figuring out how to make it work the first time, let alone making it work again. But she's not the one that made it work the first time, though. Yeah. That mm, yeah. Seemed weird to me. <laughs> so anyway, they're sciencing and trying to figure out how to make this thing work. Dr. Carter and Major Carter are nerding together. Jack cuts them off and says, are you Carter's going to be able to figure this out? And in unison, they say, we'll figure it out. <laughs> And then Major Carter asks, we have to figure it out. Because now Dr. Carter is having another one of her weird entropic cascade failure yeah. things. Yeah. Yep. And it's disturbing. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Then we see Daniel and Kowalski hanging out by the mirror. While Kowalski explains to Daniel how to work the remote. I don't really understand how it works, but okay. You yeah. dial the thingy. You dial the There's thingy. A dial and on you it. just literally you know, a dial on it yeah. that you turn. <laughs> it, yeah. just, it seems very weird and inaccurate. Yeah. And so, yeah. You just have to like figure out how to find what you're looking for in the mirror. Yep. <laughs> Trial and error. Yeah. Convenient. Kowalski also tells him that as long as you don't turn the mirror off, it will always be connected to the same reality, which means that when they turn it back on, they're going to need to find their own reality again before they can go through. So they probably shouldn't have turned it off then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess if they had left it on, though, couldn't the, the Jaffa who were after them just like, oh, yeah. touched it and gone through? Yeah, that's know. true. 
Kowalski then turns the remote on to try to show Daniel what he's talking about, how to do it. The first reality that comes up, he recognizes is not his reality because there's no grenade damage. Daniel's like, we need to find a reality that's just right. And Daniel, Daniel, uh, Daniel, (laughs) I'm sorry, only, only Sharae calls him Daniel. Daniel, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're not that friendly with him, Kathy, you're not allowed. No. So Daniel starts futzing with the remote and we got another reality. For some reason, Kowalski's like, you turned it the wrong way. Um, (laughs) And then they switch it again and then there's some Jafas. Kowalski's like, change the channel. (laughs) Daniel switches it again and then they keep trying and trying. O'Neill comes in while they're doing this and asks Daniel if he understands how to use the thing. Daniel's like, yeah, sure. Then the Carters come in to announce that they have fixed the power generator. Of course they did. Woo! Super fast. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because all they needed was the ratio of the decay rate of Nakwita relative to the energy output. Yeah. Yeah. Major Carter learned to calculate when she learned about their new Nakwita generator. So that was convenient. Yeah. Yeah. They flip it on to show it works. And they're uh, ready to get going they are yeah so everybody that is involved in this is in that storage closet also they have found the correct reality at this point and tilk is wearing his old uniform again and he says he is not very fond of wearing it but it's for the best in this particular case and kowalski says that he's not too fond of seeing tilk wearing it either Daniel and Jack are over by the mirror. Kowalski's with them and they're getting ready to go. Major Carter says that she wishes that she could go. And Dr. Carter says, same here, but you don't want to go through a cascade trauma. Believe me, but Tilk's going. Why is it okay for Tilk to go and not for her? But I whatever. don't know. <laughs> they have a moment where they're talking about what a great team that they made together. And Dr. Carter says that Major Carter's hair has kind of grown on her. Pardon the pun. <laughs> Major Carter's like, yep. Yeah, uh, cool, but you need to go. Go now. So Jack puts his hat on and they go through. I have a question about yes. the mirror. Why yes. do they all have to touch it at the same si- time? Like, why are they doing uh, that? Yeah, I don't know. That shouldn't it matter. Doesn't seem like that should be a th- Yeah. I yeah. was just confused. I'm like, that is a good question. As long as it's dialed into the one correct reality, then yeah. it shouldn't matter. Once through, they immediately scatter to make sure they're not spotted by any Jaffa that might be wandering around. Jack gestures to Daniel to shut down the mirror. He does not want to because he knows (laughs) what will happen if he does. But having this active mirror is not a very good thing to stay stealthy. That was a weird way to say that, but yeah. Also probably opens up Earth Earth to attack if the Jaffa find that it is open. Yes. And a bunch of Jaffa then march by because that's what they always do. Mm-hmm. One then lingers back to come and check and looks in the room. So good thing they shut down the mirror. The alarm was still going off for this whole time too. And <laughs> so no. like, I was wondering like how many days has this been since <laughs> they left? 
since since Kowalski and Dr. Carter left, like, that's have they true. just left this alarm on the entire time? No maybe, one can figure out how to yeah, shut it off. Maybe maybe that's like just a big fuck you to the ghouls that <laughs> they can't turn this alarm off. Like, maybe. like we might all die and become slaves, but you're gonna but we'll be the crap irritated. Out of old when yeah. <laughs> Jack makes some hand gestures and he and Kowalski are off following after the marching Jaffa towards the gate room where they find the Stargate is open and there's a bunch of Jaffa at attention along yep. with Evil Teal'c. Evil Teal'c. Evil he does have a beard. And then we get a hard cut back to the exact same scene and we're looking at Evil Teal'c. The Jaffa kneel before him and a bearded Apophis comes through the gate. Jack and Kowalski are hiding and watching this whole situation. Teal'c continues just basically saying the same words over and over again in that language. It's mostly just talking about Kelnok and Kree, and that's basically yeah. it. <laughs> Jaffa Kree repeating himself and giving orders. The Jaffa start to leave the gate room, and evil Teal'c is left behind with just one single Jaffa at that point. So Jack takes the opportunity to throw an object or something to distract them. And then he signals to Kowalski to head back down the corridor. Evil Tilk takes a staff weapon from that Jaffa that was still left in the room with him. That Jaffa runs off to warn the other ones who just left that something weird is happening here. Evil Tilk enters the storage closet and comes face to face with good Tilk. <laughs> and they argue in that other language. <laughs> Then our Teal'c starts talking in English and says that evil Teal'c needs to renounce Apophis as a false god. Basically, he says, join us in our deliverance of this world and I will spare you. Evil Teal'c is having none of that. So good Teal'c kills evil Teal'c. <laughs> Jack tells Teal'c, well, you were maybe supposed to just zat him. <laughs> but Teal'c is like, nope, as I said. Ours is the only reality of consequence. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Harsh, but. Yeah. All right. Tilk takes Dr. Sam with him out of the closet as his prisoner. In the closet, Jack says to Daniel, I gotta know, what does Cree mean? And Daniel's like, <laughs> it means was a lot of things. Lot yes. In that last scene. He's like, means listen up, attention. Concentrate. Jack says, Yoo-hoo? Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Daniel says, in a manner of speaking. Daniel then turns the mirror back on to try to find their own reality. Yeah. He turns it on. They're not on their own reality anymore, so he's got to work on that while Jack and Kowalski head out again. Out in the hallway, Jack and O'Neill are planting explosives. And the explosives are going off. And I was delighted because there were explosions for me to watch. <laughs> In the alternate control room, there, beating the alternate Hammond, he's not looking like he's in very good shape. He's very bloody no. and has some, like, bolts and bondage equipment attached to him, essentially. <laughs> They're trying to question him about where the leaders have gone. So they basically want to know where the beta site is. Teal'c, the only Teal'c remaining at this point, our Teal'c, comes in with Dr. Carter as his prisoner. 
And he has posed as Evil Tilk. He has a fake goatee on, so Apophis <laughs> doesn't know who he is. He says that he captured Dr. Carter trying to escape. Evil Apophis. <laughs> Both Apophises <laughs> are evil. <laughs> Alternate <true>. Apophis <laughs> says that they're trying to get the beta site glyphs out of Hammond. So if they can't get it out of him, then they're going to get it out of Dr. Carter instead. And I was wondering, why not put a hagfish in Hammond? <sighs> These and are... That would be way easier to get the information that they wanted and then also have so. a new Gua'uld. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he didn't bring any hagfish with him. <laughs> could be, but I would think that like they could just I suppose one. the Jaffa like, all just have take... them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> just pick a random Jaffa and take one. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's not fully mature, it would at least accomplish what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Pophis leaves. Tilk says that he's going to take care of these two, indicating Hammond and Dr. Carter, and tells the other Jaffa that are still in there to go scurry off and attend to Apophis. And that leaves good Tilk with Hammond and Dr. Carter, and they explain that they're there to help and that this is not the evil Tilk. This is a good Tilk. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Who, me? I'm not a witch at all. So he is not, in fact, going to kill Hammond, as Hammond has asked. Hammond's like, oh, okay, so that mirror thing actually worked. And Dr. Carter's like, yep, but don't worry. I'm not going to say I told you so. And he says, well, maybe we should have tried it a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's helpful. Till looks at one of the monitors and we see a pyramid ship that's over the mountain, similar to what we saw last time that a situation like this had happened. Yeah. And Dr. Carter tells Hammond that there's still a chance that they might be able to stop them, though, and that they're going to try to contact a race of aliens that are in the alternate reality that might be in this one as well. These aliens are enemies of the gold and might be helpful. Yeah. Jack and Kowalski come out of their little sneaky hole, pull out some zats. (laughs) Daniel's busy changing the channel. On the mirror, <laughs> he ends up on a channel where there's nothing but, I don't know, ocean or something. Yeah, I Not, like that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to go to that one. Yeah, So, but that's wrong. He was very pretty. Yeah. Jack and Kowalski make it to the power room and install the generator. Yep. They're having a little chat. Kowalski's like, Carter's pretty smart. Can't believe you and Sam were never a thing in your world? Jack's like, she's a major in my world. Kowalski's like, yeah, against regulations, but you two look good together. (laughs) So Jack is not wanting to continue this conversation and is like, did you ever cover silence in your black ops training? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Back in the storage closet, Daniel is continuing to change the channels, and it looks like he's found the right one. There's a pile of sandbags and a carter waiting there on the other side. She waves to him, and then when she comes closer to the mirror, good observation, Daniel. He notices that her name tag on her shirt says, Captain, Dr. Samantha, Dr. Carter. (laughs) And he's like, oh, you're a captain. You're not right. And he waves (laughs) goodbye and changes the channel again. (laughs) Sam... Dr. Sam, that's the only one who's there. Uh, (laughs) I'm fine. Sam, Samantha, Dr. Carter, is is working on uploading the dialing program into the computer. Well, Teal just hangs out. (laughs) 
That's I it. liked it. in yeah. the background, it looked like he was inserting a handful of things like isolinear chips into a computer panel. <laughs> <laughs> it made me giggle. Nice. <laughs> I was like, Shimoda. <laughs> yeah. These are control chips. <laughs> Jack and Kowalski seem to have gotten their generator online. They start dialing. They got that dialed up pretty quick. Yeah. Tilk tells Sam to get down to the gate room. She gives him a kiss and thanks him and heads off. Then we get a hard cut to a monitor dialing and locking in chevrons. We do see that there are spaces for eight instead of the usual seven. So the program has worked and it seems that the generator has also worked since it's still dialing. Tilk signals to General Hammond, and Hammond pretends to go back to being a prisoner as a Jaffa suddenly appears in the gate room. That Jaffa fires his gun at Dr. Carter, but she manages to duck and get out of the way. Tilk starts yelling down at the Jaffa, essentially telling him to stand down, I think we can figure. Dr. Carter runs up the ramp and dives through, and Apophis who has seen this whole thing, is now completely incensed <laughs> that Tilk would be helping her to escape and asks Tilk, why did you betray me? Elsewhere, Jack and Kowalski are sneaking around the base. Sneak, 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 sneak. They make it back to the storage room, but when they enter, it's not Daniel playing with channels, but a whole group of Jaffa surrounding Daniel with their staff weapons aimed at Jack and Kowalski. Oops. Daniel's on his knees in the middle, clearly prisoner. The Jaffa tells him to lower their weapons or Daniel dies. They pause for a moment, and then Jack's like, yeah, we should do that. So they put down their guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Back in the control room, they bring Daniel in, and Apophis asks... Jack, who he is, he says that he saw his first prime kill, the version of Jack that had initially been on this planet. And Jack's like, I'm feeling much better. Thank you. <laughs> Apophis turns to Tilk and is like, all right, well, then who are you? And what is happening here? What magic is this? And Daniel says, you should know better than anyone. There is no such thing as magic. Apophis gives some command and one of the Jaffa prepares to Zat Hammond. He's got his Zat gun pointed at Hammond. And Apophis says he's going to ask one more time, what is happening here? How can they come back from the dead without a sarcophagus? And when nobody answers, the Jaffa shoots Hammond, who collapses unconscious on the floor. Apophis again insists on an answer. They again refuse to answer. So they shoot the other Hammond a second time. And I was wondering what the statute of limitations is on this. We've wondered about that before, but Hammond is now dead. Yeah. 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 So that's sad. Agreed. Apophis wants to know where they came from, and Daniel's like, well, an alternate reality. And Jack's like, one in which you're dead, by the way. Well, probably not really. <laughs> but it's okay. Apophis signals to the Jaffa, who now shoots Daniel, and Daniel falls down to the floor, and Jack is pissed, as is Kowalski. They're helping Daniel back up, because <laughs> apparently he's coming around already. Yeah, because people only stay unconscious for exactly as long as the plot says that they need to. A Jaffa rushes in and talks to Apophis and points to a monitor that is showing a radar image of a large blip approaching them. Apophis is not happy to see this. So the Jaffa leaves. The Stargate is dialing in the background. Apophis 
looks like he's going to sparkle bling everybody, but then all of a sudden, he's gone, as are the Jaffa that were with him. <laughs> they have disappeared in a flash of light. So Jack's like, all right, I'm guessing that our friends are here. <laughs> the Stargate suddenly opens, and I wanted to know who it was that was actually like doing the dialing. I was wondering that too. Yeah. <laughs> like we hear, we heard it dialing before yeah. and it's suddenly open, but like, why? I initially had assumed it was opening from the other direction and Sam would come through. But... Yeah. So did I, but the apparent, but the Jaffa are leaving yeah. through it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> like, somebody up there decided to yeah. escape. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the Jaffa are running to the gate that is now open. One of them drops his staff weapon on the ground and, like, trips over it. And we get a close-up of this. And I was wondering if it was supposed to be significant, like, check off staff, we- staff weapon. But it doesn't seem to ever come back after this. No. So, whatever. And we get a close-up of a keyboard that is covered in bullet casings. And everything is shaking. And then Hammond's body disappears. And Tilk figures that... The other Carter must have been successful. Gotta love those guys. Speaking of Dr. Carter, she's suddenly there in a burst of light, and she looks delighted to have just met the Asgard. (laughs) She's like, I met the Asgard. (laughs) Jack's like, yeah, we figured. Hammond appears next, and he is now alive again, and so that is good. That's a neat trick. Right? To undead somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yep. Sam hugs. Hammond. Jack's watching a monitor showing an Asgard mothership appearing over the mountain and says to himself quietly, as he often does, love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Later, when things have settled down, they are saying their goodbyes by the mirror. I assume back in the closet. I didn't write down, yeah. but yeah. That's where you keep your mirrors, the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Jack and Kowalski salute one another. Till gives nods dr carter says goodbye to jack she says for a second time she has to say goodbye to him and jack's (laughs) like for me this is the first time and she's like not to me my jack had the same face and hands and voice and jack's like well that begs the question how could you marry such a loser she smiles and looks towards the mirror thanks daniel Jack nods towards them, and Daniel and Teal cross over to the other side of the mirror, leaving them alone. They stare at each other. They're all still watching, though, so like, it doesn't really watching. matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not really alone. No. Everyone is watching from the other side now. Yeah. <laughs> when Dr. Carter takes the opportunity to kiss Jack, while Sam is standing there watching... <laughs> From the other side, it's awkward. It's very awkward. (laughs) It's not a quick, like, peck on the cheek or anything. Sure isn't. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And then Carter, Dr. Carter says, you're really not him. And Jack's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Then he goes to the mirror and crosses over and the mirror shuts off, leaving Dr. Carter in tears. Yep. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Lighthearted end. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Kathy, did you like the episode? I did like the episode. Because, honestly, what's not to like is more or less my feeling on it. There's, you know, alternate realities. We've got two Carters. 
Though not super fond of her long hair, still, two Carters. Yeah. I I like seeing Kowalski again. Basically, I just really liked it. (laughs) I was pretty uncritically like this episode. Uh, I did have some questions, like, will they really destroy this quantum mirror? Is really this the end of our alternate universe experience on Stargate? And I then, doubt it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But And I... things we'll never know. What happens with this parallel world? Presumably all their important people are off on the beta site and have buried their Stargate. So they're going to have to rebuild their government and society. Yeah. Because also the ghoul probably killed a bunch of people. Probably. So, yeah. Yeah. Things we won't know, but could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I also liked the episode, actually, for the most part. I found it to be entertaining. I don't have a ton to say about this one either. I did like it overall, but I did think that the interactions between Jack and Dr. Carter were weird. Like, I get (laughs) that they were trying to basically get the viewer to ship Jack and Sam even more than they might have already been at this point. But it still just seemed weird to me that she was, like, trying to act like he was her Jack and use him to help her get over the death of her own Jack. It just was strange to me. And then, as you said, that last scene was just so depressing. Yeah. (laughs) Leaving the ending the episode on a close up of Sam crying was just so dark. Yeah. Uh, So that was a bit of a downer at the end there. But overall, I did enjoy the episode. It was pretty good pacing and entertaining plot line. There was a lot of dialogue things that I actually laughed at that were pretty funny. That's my overall thoughts. Not a whole lot of critical things to say today. I think that in my alternate reality there, Dr. Carter will get over her loss of Jack by taking up with Kowalski. Nice. Yeah, I think that sounds good. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah, that works. I approve. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we watching next? Next, let me uh, fire up the the Netflix where I can still read descriptions. Woohoo! The next episode we'll be watching is Stargate SG-1 Season 3 Episode 7, Dead Man Switch. SG-1 is snared in an invisible force field by bounty hunter Eris Bach. Eris takes them to his ship, which is completely invisible from the outside. That's Netflix. Huh. It doesn't sound like that exciting an episode from that description. No. Ooh, take me to your <laughs> invisible ship. Okay. Yay. Let's all go on a cruise. <laughs> all right. The booklet says, SG-1 is captured by Eris Bach, a bounty hunter chasing an evil gold named Keltar. He offers them freedom in exchange for their help. They agree only to find out that Keltar is in fact a Tok'ra, whose capture would endanger countless others. That sounds more that interesting. Sounds more Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> Quite. Yeah. All right. Something to look forward to then. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they're released every Monday. Or you can also find us on YouTube. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated on all of the platforms where you can find our podcast since they help other people to find the podcast as well. And word of mouth is also great for getting new people to start listening to the show. So please tell everybody that you know that you like our show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. 
You can also visit our website, stargatesing.space, and if you're feeling generous, you can go over to patreon.com stargatesing to help support the show and also get a whole bunch of donor-only content. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. We didn't get any kitty snores today. She was snoring, but not super loudly. She's also in the cat tree, so ah, it's gotcha. muffling her. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't like to come in the box, though. She's afraid of it, I think. I think she's oh. afraid of the chair, honestly. Yeah. It could be. She's like, it rolls. No! <laughs>